you, I'd like for you to go with me to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Uh, probably almost all of you are going to know this passage of Scripture. Uh, we've been talking the past few weeks on seed, on giving, on receiving. Uh, the Bible says that there is a time. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says there is a time to sow. You don't sow in the dead of winter. There's a season to sow. That's in the spring. And there's a season to reap. And we know that God is all about the seed. God said he will give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We illustrated last week how you can take a $20 bill and give it to a widow or a single mom or an orphan or someone in jail. Or you can take that $20 and go to Vizzoli's and get spaghetti with meatballs with salad with the extra ranch dressing and the medium iced tea. You choose that. You can, you can speak to that $20 bill, and you can decide whether it's bread to the eater or seed to the sower. But when you take what is bread and you convert it into seed and you sow it in the kingdom, God watches, God notices, and God pays attention. We learned last week that Jesus sat down in the temple one day and watched the collection plates. He watched the offering. And a wealthy man came and made a big display of sowing a chunk of change in the offering. And Jesus didn't comment about that, Angela. And then a little widow came and put a widow's mite in the container. And he made a point and made attention to her and said, she has done more in this wealthy person here because she gave all that she had. And we've learned in life that God does not want all you have. God gives you a chunk of change to do what you need to do in the kingdom. God said, I want to partner with you, and I want to give you the covenant of tithing. I want to give you an opportunity to sow into the kingdom. And as we look at the word tithing, the Apostle Paul said on the first day of the week, which is today, to bring your first fruits into the storehouse. And when you're obedient in tithe and offering, God said, I won't just open a window. I'll open five windows, and I'll pour out a blessing, and it will be such a blessing that you'll have so much you have to give away. Every Sunday morning, we give a table of food, of, a table of food away because if we don't give it away, it'll spoil. And so we don't want it to spoil. We don't want it to throw, throw away. And you don't want to have so much that it's spoiling. You want to be able to sow. The Bible says when you stand before God, and this is crazy, when you stand before God, you'll be given account, first of all, for every word you've ever spoken, and then you'll be given account for how you treated the widow and the orphan and those in prison. And so in our ministry, we try to sow into the kingdom. We try to sow into single moms, into kids without dads. Uh, we have an uh, incredible jail representation. Big John was supposed to be here this morning. He's not. Big John is six foot nine. weighs about 350. And when he asks people if they want to get saved, nine out of ten, say yes. So if you've got to intimidate somebody into the kingdom, praise God. I'd rather keep them from the flames of hell. Hello. Whatever, whatever it takes to get them in the kingdom. And uh, he goes to jail every week. And about every single week, Gerald, he leads someone to the Lord. He's an amazing soul winner. And we're glad we're able to sponsor that. We're glad that we're able to be a part of that. And we're glad that we're able to sow in the kingdom when others are in need. We are able to help them and we're able to share with them. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap life everlasting. 
So there's two areas that you can plant. You can plant in the world or you can plant in the word. You can plant in yourself or you can plant in the things of God. And the Bible says that our seed has eternal value. It has eternal reward. How crazy is that? That what you do today, I saw that Church of the Harvest posted a beautiful picture of an apple. And the caption said, what you sow today, you don't eat today. But when we sow, it's for an expectation. The Bible says seed, and, and we have so many people that say it wrong, Susan. They say seed time and harvest. It doesn't mean that there's a time to sow the seed. It, members, it means that when you plant your seed, there's a time. There's a period of waiting. That seed will germinate. That seed will sprout. That seed will appear. That seed will develop stock. That seed will develop blooms. And then that seed will produce fruit. And it's all a process of time. I shared with you a few weeks ago that I, I made a decision. It was my decision. It was my $50 bill. There's some things I wanted at Walmart, but I decided instead to put it in the offering. To me, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It was, just, it was just Walmart money, and I put it in the offering. But I spoke to God about it, and I publicly told this house I spoke to God about it and that I was expecting a, a, a blessing from that seed that was sown. And just a few, uh, probably a week and a half later, uh, Pastor Rhonda received a check that she tried to give back. Uh, someone gave her a check for $400, and she tried to give it back, and they wouldn't take it back, and they sowed that $400 in her. Really, that $400 should be mine because I sowed the $50 bill, and, but we, we sow $50 every single week into this ministry above our tithe and offering because we believe what God is doing here and we believe what is taking place in the kingdom of God. This morning, if you're taking notes, there are only four. Only four things I would like for you to write down. I'd like for you to write down seed. I'd like for you to write down soil. I'd like for you to write down water. And I'd like you to write down sun. Seed, soil, water, and sun. Those are the four elements. Those are the four rudiments of sowing and reaping, that in order to reap something, you have to sow something. Look at somebody say, in order to reap, you have to sow. And the Lord always gives us something that we can sow. It might be money. It might be, it might be an hour of your time. It might be your talent. It might be an asset. But God has given every one of us the opportunity to sow something in the kingdom. When Jesus was going to the cross, he told the disciples, couldn't you give me one hour of all the hours of the day? Could you not just give me one hour that you can focus on me and focus in prayer? And I think that's important. I think it's an important day that you give God a chunk of time that belongs to him. Uh, I, I wake up every morning usually with hummingbirds and flowers and blossoms. I counted 18 perennials in my garden yesterday. They were in full bloom. And I open up my window and I get my coffee cup. And there, I don't talk a whole lot. I just listen. I just, I just, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a place where I'm tranquil. I'm in a place where I'm not stressed. And somewhere between my first and second cup of coffee, God shows up. God is a two-coffee guy. So about the middle of the second cup of coffee, it's like all of a sudden God shows up and begins to remind me of the promises that he gave me yesterday. And when, I, when I'm a part of the kingdom and I'm walking in obedience and I'm a good steward, let me talk about stewardship just for a moment. 
Uh, the house we've been living in, I'd say we've been living there 33 years. Is that a, is that an accurate time? And technically, United Community Bank owns my home, technically. But when I make the payment every month, the first of the month, it gives me the right to enjoy that house. It gives me the right to enjoy every room, every piece of furniture, every piece of electronics, the backyard, the front yard, the side yard, the middle yard, everything about that house I get to enjoy. Why? Because the first of every month I make a payment that secures that, that covenant. Same thing in tithing. When you come to, to the house of God on the first day of the week and you sow into the kingdom of God, that makes you a partner to all of the things that God has for you, all the things that God wants to bless you with, and God wants to chase you down and overwhelm you with good things. The beloved John said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest, be in, thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So God wants you healthy. God wants you whole. God wants you to walk in some kind of factor of wealth. We described prosperity last week, Donnie, as not just having enough to meet your needs, but to have a little left over to meet the needs of somebody else. And that's the definition of prosperity, that we are stewards of God's time. We're stewards of God's money. We're stewards of, of the things that God brings into our life. And God gives everyone in this house seed. I have here a bulb. I usually plant bulbs rather than seeds because bulbs come back every year. It's called a perennial. And this bulb, there are now 10 bulbs attached to this, this, this pod. Uh, it was just one little tiny bulb, and it produced one little tiny flower. And then I watered it, and I left it, and I fertilized it. Then I came back next year, and there were two flowers. And then I came back the next year, and there were four flowers. And then this year... Uh, there weren't any flowers because I pulled it out of the ground before uh, the flower. I accidentally pulled, I thought it was a weed, actually pulled it up and go, oh, man, I pulled up a beautiful flower. But this is the seed that God has given us to sow into the kingdom. When God gives every one of us a seed, then gives us some kind of guidelines. The Bible does not say send or mail. The Bible says bring your tithe into the storehouse. There's a reason why there's a storehouse. There's a reason why there's a place that corporately every Sunday morning we meet, we come, Psalms 96 says we come with and we bring God glory and we bring God an offering and we bring God a testimony. So the fact that you're here this morning is a fact that you're not dead. You didn't overdose. You didn't die. You didn't get aborted. But somebody watched over you and you live your life for the glory of God because that's his call and that's his provision on your life. You're here today because God ordained you, blessed you, and you're walking in his favor, his blessing, and he wants you healthy. He wants you whole. He wants you prosperous. But there are things that we go about. There's a process that we go about to get that harvest. And I've learned it's important not just to have seed, but to have soil. And this is really good dirt. It looks like a coffee cup, but it's not. Trust me, there really is dirt in this cup. And this is good dirt. This is the dirt that has the little pieces of styrofoam to, with, to maintain the moisture in the ground. And I've learned that if I plant this seed in good ground, I'm going to get a good harvest. I've learned something this year that I probably knew but failed to remember. But this year I had a, a very special tree die. And I thought that maybe it died because of lack of water. But the other trees in that pod did, were healthy and they were doing well. And then I realized that the tree 
had outgrown the hole that I dug. So in, in prophecy, in expectation, it's important for you to see a big harvest and then to make room for that harvest. What I did was I went where there was bad soil, dug a hole, put good soil, and then planted a baby tree. And the tree did awesome. The tree is, if you were to go to Lowell's today and buy that tree or to nursery, you'd pay $1,500 to $2,000 for that tree. It was a lacy leaf maple. But this year it died. And I realized that when I planted it, I may have been in a hurry. I may not have been aware of, of how, how big I needed to dig the hole. But those of you that are into planting and, and farming understand it's important that you prophetically plant enough dirt for your seed not just to grow, but to grow and be blessed. And so I'm going to pull that tree up, and I'm, I'm going to plant another tree. But first, I'm going to have Aaron dig a big hole, a deep hole. I'm going to get two or three bags of that good plant shrub dirt, that tree and shrub dirt, and I'm going to have him plant it. I'm going to water it, and I'm going to start all over again. That's what's neat about the kingdom. If one seed doesn't work, you can plant another. Look at somebody and say, I've got good seed in the ground, and I've got it in good soil. It's important to sow into something that is healthy. It's important to sow into something that is a blessing, something that's transpiring, taking place. And when you're part of that, and when you get your seed in your soil, uh, and I have, I have some soil, and I have some seed, and if I plant this seed in this cup, and then I apply water to it, this seed could possibly grow. Now, it won't, because I'll take it out after church and to get my coffee cup, because this is one of my favorite coffee cups, and I don't want to use it as a container. But did you, did you notice, it's not just important to have water, but you've got to get the water out of the container, into the soil, into the seed. There are people in my life that walk around with the Bible big enough to choke a mule. It's that 97-pound Schofield reference Bible with maps and charts and, and graphs, and it's a big old Bible. But they never open it, Donnie. They never read it. I guess when the devil comes, they're going to whack him over the head with that 97-pound Bible. But no, it's, the, the importance is not just in the Word, but the importance is getting the Word into the soil, into the seed, and expecting God to do great things. And then when we get the seed where it's supposed to be, and we get the word washing that seed and ministering that seed, it's important that we need to obviously make room for the supernatural growth that God wants to bring. Let me share Hebrews 13, and I believe verse 8, verse 3. Matthew 13, did I say Hebrews? What was I thinking? Matthew 13, verse 8. Verse 3. Did I say 8? I meant 3. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell into good ground, brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Notice the promise on the, on the fold. 
We explained, we explained to you that the fold is not a multiplication, but it's an actual fold. And a 30-fold 30 30 return is over a million dollars. What the word says, if you will sow into the kingdom, I'll give you a minimum of a 30-fold return. Does that excite anybody? Say, well, I don't see the million dollars. Hey, you're not dying of cancer. Hey, you're not uh, uh, freaking out over some kind of weird sickness. You're, you are alive today, and I don't know how much you would pay to stay healthy. But the more I watch my dad walk up and down the steps, I'm not sure that I want to live to be 88. Uh, Al said he was going to live to be 99. And if I feel then like I feel now at 99, I'd rather go on and be with the Lord. Hello, do I have any friends in the house that can relate? I don't want to get old. I don't want to get weary. But someone said the old gray mare just ain't what she used to be, and she ain't. But if I sow correctly into the kingdom, I will reap that eternally. I will stand before God, and I'm going to hear him say, David, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little things. I'll make you ruler now over many. And we're going to say, well, Lord, how did I, how did I serve you? How did I bless you? And the Lord's going to say, you got planted at Church of the Harvest. And you grew in the word and you grew in knowledge and you grew in the anointing. And you took a portion of what was yours and you gave it, you sowed it. And I watched over that seed. I watched over every widow you blessed. I watched over every orphan you fed. I watched over every clothes closet, every food pantry, everything that you've, you've done. And that came. I've watched over that and I've called that seed. I planted it. Now, here is what you reap. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. What are you doing in the kingdom? What are you sowing in the kingdom? What widows are you sowing in? What children are you sowing in? What prisons are you visiting? Are you sending postcards? Are you writing someone in prison? Are you involved in any of that? The Word of God makes it so, so significantly easy, but we make it so complicated. We make it, well, you got to serve God, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to be here, and you got to go there, and you got to wear this, and you got to wear that. Serving God is not a list of things that we have to do. Serving God is just taking up our rightful place as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. God wanted a family. There were three in heaven. God wanted a family. So he sowed his son, and when he sowed his son, he reaped the church. And you now are a part of that seed that God sowed. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. And that's what the sower does. The sower, you don't want to just roll down the window and throw your seed out the window on Interstate 75. You don't want to do that because that seed will find a place in that shoulder. It'll find a, a, a clump of grass, and then that seed will spring up, but it's of absolutely no value to anybody. And you don't want to be like that guy that, threw, that sowed his seed on stony ground. The, the guy didn't take time to prepare the soil, and he just throwed it on stony ground. And because it was shallow, how many has ever seen a watermelon or cantaloupe seed left outside? It got wet, and it sprouted. Anybody ever seen that before? And that's what it does in shallow ground. It sprouts right away, and it looks good right away. But when the sun comes up, there's no foundation, there's no root, and it gets scorched. And then there are those that sow their seed in thorny ground, and I had Aaron yesterday. It probably took him about two hours, but I got this wild, crazy notion that I was going to plant like three or four climbers. I think I've planted a morning glory. I think I planted a clematis. 
and there was another uh, there was another vine that I planted. Well, in the past three years, they have literally intertwined and they choked each other out and they strangled each other. And it's like they were fighting for water. They were fighting for, for sun. And so you know what I did? I had Aaron take a chainsaw and just cut them off at the top, pile them at the street. I'm going to start all over again. Hello? But there's something about good soil and good ground that God produces, that God blesses. Do I have a friend in the house today? So the stony ground is shallow. The thorny ground is a bad place to sow your seed. But then it said he sowed some seed in good ground, and it sprang up, some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. Notice, if you will, verse 19 of that same chapter. Verse 18 says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is which he received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in the stony ground, stony place, is the same as he that heareth the word, and, and anon with joy receiveth it. Anon. How many have ever seen that word before? Does your word say anon? How many have, you have the word anon? Anybody but me? No King James people in the building? Okay, I've been reading this Bible for like 35 years, and I've never seen the word anon in the Bible. Anyway, I learned a new word today, and it was anon. So anon with joy. Hey, let me go over to the uh, Living Bible and see what it says. The shallow, the shallow rocky soil represents the heart of a man. Is that, is that the right chapter? Yeah, that's right. Rocky reason with real joy, but doesn't have much depth in his life, and the seeds don't root very deeply. And after trouble comes or persecution comes because of his beliefs, enthusiasm fades, and he drops out. Okay, I still don't know what the word anon means. Verse 31, yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. How many has somebody offended in their life? They've been offended by the things of God or by a so-called Christian or by a church or by some kind of past. Anybody get anybody like that? I've got a lot of people that, that are offended of, of the things of God, and, and I pray for them. Verse 23, but he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty and thirty. So if you get the right seed in the right soil with the right ingredients, and you've got, you've got it watered, you've got to have sunlight, S-U-N, sunlight. Let's see. Yes, we have a light. It's not very bright, but hey, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. In the last chapter of the Bible, the fourth chapter in the second verse, it says, but unto you that fear my name shall the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth as fatted calf out of a stall. Do we have any ranchers in this place that can relate to the fatted calf in the stall? Anybody? Well, all winter long, the calf is sequestered to a stall, and all winter long, the, the farmer, the rancher feeds him hay and alfalfa and oats and grain and all of that. So all he does all winter long is fatten up. But when the first day of spring, when that sun shines and the, and the birds begin to sing and the flowers begin to bloom, that rancher will open that door that's been shut a long time, and he'll let that calf loose. And that calf, Brother Starr, will bolt out of that place of confinement into that pasture where he can find joy and liberty. 
And that's exactly what happens in our Christian life. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get bottled up and there's no release. There's no, there's, we're just, we feel stuck. We feel trapped. And sometimes we even sit around and wonder, well, is this, is this, is this, real, is this really the real deal? Is the word of God, is the things of God, is there a heaven, is there a hell? Is this the real deal? Anybody ever experienced that? How many said I've experienced it, but I'm not going to lift my hand? I mean, I have gone through, I've been, I've been serving the Lord uh, a long time, 38, 38, 40, 40 years, I guess. But there have, been, there have been moments in my life when I have sat in doubt or sat in speculation or spe- sat wondering and say, is this really all there is? Is this, is this really, is there really a God, is really heaven? And then whenever that happens, I just go and I watch a newborn baby being born. And all over again, I'm convinced there's a God that he cares about us, and he is in control. Do I have a friend in the house? I wrote down a couple of things about the word. The word is manifested three ways. You might want to write that down, or you can memorize it. First of all, it's, it's uh, manifested in the vernacular. That's what's called the logos. That's the written word. That's what we read this morning and enjoyed. And then there is the vo- verbal or vocal word, and that's the word that we speak in the word of God. We can speak things over our life and begin to speak things over others. And then there's the visual word. God and Jesus both used parables, but they gave us so many visuals. When you think about the three Hebrew children that came out of the fiery furnace, when you think about Daniel and the lion's den, when you think about David and Goliath, you think about Gideon and 300 men, that's a visual. So God gave us the word in three areas. We can read it, we can speak it, or we can visualize it. And when you have the word operating in your life, usually what you speak is what you're going to get. The Bible says out of the abundance, Matthew 25, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if you say it long enough, you're probably going to get it. If you declare it long enough, it's probably going to come to pass. That's why we're careful what we say. We're careful what we repeat. We're careful what we speak. We're careful what we declare. The Bible says, Whose report will you believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. How many choose to believe the report of the Lord this morning? Is there, is there anybody? And you know, um, I have learned that if you're not careful, you can be watering things that aren't healthy. Uh, you, you're spending time on it. You're focused on it. It's distracting. It's taking you away from your purpose and your goal. And if you water it long enough with good water, and you get it in good dirt, but it's the wrong seed, a lot of crazy things can happen. I told you last Sunday that I had a weed that was over eight foot tall, and many of you looked at me in doubt. You doubted me. And so I brought one, one of them. I've got, about, I've got about 10, and I'm letting them grow. Why? Because Aaron didn't have time to pull them. But it looks like I would say that's at least eight foot, maybe nine foot. Okay, this is a weed, good soil, good water, good sun, but worthless. Now, Susan, I'm letting it grow because it looks like there's a possibility. Well, no, not on this one. (laughs) It looks like there's a possibility that it may bloom. And there's a beautiful purple weed that you'll drive down the road looking on the side of the road. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's got all kinds of sticky things on it. 
I actually pulled off the side of the road one time and pulled one of those up and went back and planted it because I thought it looked so good. But if you water, Jennifer, you, if you water something long enough, you're watering your children, speaking to them, pouring into them. There'll come a day when they will turn into young men of God, and you'll see the results of your seed that you sowed in them. Can we pray? We thank you for this season together. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you that you've given us seed and good soil. We thank you for the water of the word, and we thank you for the sun, the king of glory that shines in our life and shines upon our, our, our endeavors and the path that we're walking. Let us hide this word in our heart. Let us, let, us, let us muse over it. Let us process it. Let us meditate. Let us focus on it. And let it become real to us. Let it not just be words of a sermon. Let it not be letters on a page. But let it become alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Allow the word to direct us in every area of our life as we're faithful in stewardship and faithful in giving. As we get that seed in the ground, you're faithful to water. You're faithful to allow the sun to shine. And we expect to harvest over that which we have planted. You said it's better to give than to receive. And it obviously is because the more you give, the more you receive. In Jesus' name, amen. I had a, I had a thought that uh, I wanted to leave with you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow in an offering this morning. We make, we make an opportunity for tithe and an opportunity for offering. But I got to pondering today, and uh, go, go with me just for a moment. The first thing that comes out of your check is what? Taxes. So instead of the tithe being the first thing that comes out of your check, taxes come out of your check and I don't know if the reason our government is in so much trouble and I don't know if there's so much unrest and so much frustration and everything taking place right now is because the government has robbed God the government has robbed God create what a thought but it's it's true the first the first when you get your check usually 25 to 30 percent of it's gone can anybody relate? And then what the net, the net that's left, that's what you operate on, and that's what you work in. I believe in tax accountants. I want every tax break I can get. I want every loophole I can get. I want to pay the least amount of taxes that I can, but I enjoy the roads. I enjoy the public places of service. I enjoy what the government, I enjoy all of that. I don't enjoy the, gov the senators making $15 million a year. I don't appreciate that. I think that's out of order. I wish they'd be like Trump and just work for free. Just work for, hello, what he's doing, work for free and, uh, and give back. But there's, there's going to come a day when we stand before God and we're going to see the results of this offering this morning, of this time this morning, what we sow in the kingdom. Plant your seed, keep it in good ground, keep it in good soil. This tithe envelope represents, I believe, good seed, good soil. Uh, every day this church is ministering to somebody. Every week this church is helping somebody. Uh, the doors are open. Aren't you glad the doors are open Wednesday night and Sunday morning? And don't miss Wednesday night. It's going to be a good day. The first word that I hear is what I'll do. What kind of ice cream? Looks like it's better finger. I saw on Facebook, does pineapple belong on pizza? I said no. Okay, so Butterfinger it is. Pastor Todd, you win. 
If you need an offering envelope, lift your hand. We'll get one to you as quickly as possible. I want you to enjoy the rest of the day. I made a mess, didn't I? That's okay. Pastor Todd's got my back. Pastor Todd, clean up on aisle pulpit. Hey, we love you with the love of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May allow you to be a light and dark place. May bless everything you